Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Now, why are dreams so important and why are visions so important? Because it's possible, and this is what I really believe, that God is speaking to you and you don't even recognize this. As I was praying about this and studying and preparing and spending hours and hours doing research on dreams and visions, I felt God say, Isaiah, this is so important because I'm speaking to my people and my people are not hearing what I'm trying to say. There are many ways that God speaks and some are conventional as person to person, And but you have to understand this about God is you can't hear God with your physical ears you must hear God with your spiritual ears the Holy Ghost moves in the realm of the spirit and we must be spiritual to discern what he is doing or saying this is why I don't understand all the believers that say don't be so spiritual brother and I'm going to do a a video coming soon a whole stream on spiritual encounters we're going to talk about out-of-body experiences we're going to talk about all all these deeper things about visions and different types of visions tonight we'll talk about trances because I really believe that God is looking for a spiritual church I'm so confused how we can look at all the spirituality of the Bible and somehow dumb it down to making God some natural thing. But our God is not a natural God. He is a supernatural God. And the Bible says he's looking for worshipers that would worship in spirit in the spirit and in the truth and so we're going to give you a crazy amount of verses tonight but we're also going to be spiritual we're also going to worship tonight in the spirit prophesy in the spirit pray in the spirit preach in the spirit because i think what's happening is we've gotten so distracted by the media by politics by the cares of life that god is trying to deliver messages to us and we're missing them now let me tell you one of the reasons why god comes in dreams and visions and tonight's going to be a basic foundation for what we'll go into in the next few weeks I will do a stream on dream interpretation, colors, numbers, all this type of stuff, but I want to lay a foundation because oftentimes God comes, especially if we're ignoring God, and if you want to know if we're going long tonight, okay, just order your Chipotle on DoorDash because we're going to go for it tonight. But oftentimes God will come because we're distracted. Many of us have a hard time hearing from God. God is going to come in our sleep through dreams, through visions, and God is going to give us supernatural encounters to speak to us. Now, the problem is not the lack of God speaking. The problem right now with the believers is the lack of us listening. God is not on a shortage of speaking. God is longing, and this is what you need to know tonight. He wants to speak to you so we don't have to beg lord please 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 and that's okay at times to do this but god says i long to speak to you i want to talk to you i want to communicate with you i don't want you to live your life in some religious system now here's what religion does religion says that you only can hear from god through your pastor or through a preacher if you're only hearing from god through me there's a problem in your relationship and we need to get back to communication it's the key to any relationship god is longing to communicate to his people what kind of relationship do we really have with God if we never communicate we never talk to him we never experience him and and yet many of us are deceived into thinking we have some radical relationship with God and so we need to get back to communication and this is the essence and the foundation of dreams and visions is God's divine purpose and plan communicating spiritually to us spiritually that's the the vehicle to humanity so god is spiritual and he translates what's happening in the spiritual realm through dreams and visions so god is sending us messages and i don't know about you but i want to make sure that if god is sending me messages that i have a clear signal to receive them 
One of the reasons why it's so vital that we live holy, that we walk righteous, and everybody pray for my internet because it's cutting in and out here, and it actually went out right before I got live, so do me a favor and make sure that you're praying for my internet here. But one of the things that I've realized is that if we don't have a clear signal, and this is why I'm so strong on holiness and righteousness, because it gives us a clear signal to hear from God. We're not going to receive the messages that God is giving us. It's like if you've ever texted a friend or family, and for months they don't text you back, and you get frustrated because you feel like they're ignoring you and you're messaging them and messaging them and messaging them and then finally you see them and they go oh I got a new number and the entire time you were sending them messages but they were never receiving them it's so frustrating to send somebody messages that they don't receive and oftentimes God gets frustrated because God is sending us messages and we're not receiving the messages so it's possible and this is why this is so important tonight that you are getting dreams that God wants to speak to you in visions but because of your own you know, lack of knowledge or lack of revelation, lack of understanding, lack of holiness, lack of passion. You're not actually receiving the messages God is speaking. And I don't want any missed calls from God. I don't want any miss messages from God. We need to have our eyes open and our ears open to the spirit. God is trying to speak to every single one of us. I believe through dreams and visions, there's many different types we're going to talk about, but I believe God is trying to speak. And so we need to know about this. This is not now listen really closely here. This is not like, oh, well, if I feel like hearing about it or if I feel like talking about it, it's no big deal. This is so crucial that you get this because this could be the difference between you filling out, fulfilling an assignment that God has on your life and not fulfilling an assignment. And so it can't just be like, oh, dreams are not a big deal. It's a minor thing. When all throughout scripture, God is going to speak through dreams. And if you go to the book of Acts and you look at the New Testament church, oftentimes they got direction on where to go, what to do, where to preach, and even biblical principles they got these through dreams and visions and so this is not a minor thing this is a major thing oftentimes because we're not informed we don't have the capacity to receive the dreams or visions I also want to talk about very important tonight whether a dream or vision is from the Holy Spirit a demonic spirit or a human spirit because that's the number one question I always get and I always ask God is what source is this coming from because it is possible that a demon gives you a, a dream a demon gives you a vision or a demon gives you you know a spirit you spiritually encounter a demon thinking it's an angel and so we need to discern it it's also possible to have a dream out of our human spirit and later on we're going to go through the test to see what source it's from and i'll link the test in the comments so you guys don't have to worry about writing it all down but just understand that this is the most important part about dreams or visions because it's possible that your human soul and i'm going to show you this in the bible it's actually possible to prophesy out of your human soul to have dreams out of your human soul and to even have visions out of your own human soul they're called imaginations and they're called fantasy so we're going to talk about that but I really want you to believe and as I was praying and studying I believe the Holy Spirit said Isaiah I'm going to begin to speak to you through dreams and visions if you're thirsty remember the kingdom of God is moved based on thirst Matthew 5 6 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness they shall be filled now Jesus clearly is not talking about being hungry for dreams and visions or thirsty for dreams and visions, but Jesus is showing us a biblical principle that unless we're thirsty and hungry for something, God is not going to fill us. So this is not something for the religiously passive person that just says, Isaiah, it's no big deal if God wants to speak to me. And guys, I was like this for years. Up until recently, I kind of just said, okay, God, if you want to speak through dreams you, dreams, you can. If you want to speak through visions, you can. But either way, you know, I'm not really, I don't carry the way because I hear from you and other 
sources, but I felt the Lord saying, as I was praying and reading in my own personal life, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, Isaiah, you have to thirst for this. You have to be hungry. You have to desire these things, these higher encounters. You have to desire for me to speak to you. Passivity does not move heaven. Complacency does not move heaven. Religiosity doesn't move heaven. What moves heaven is a person that hungers and thirsts for the things of God. And if God is speaking to you in dreams, it's righteous. So we need to long for this. The Bible says, do not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So in the same way you can intentionally get drunk on wine, you can also intentionally get filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's not just the sovereignty of God where, oh, if God wants to fill me, God wants to fill me. No, you can go get a bottle of wine, pour it and drink wine, which if you watch my last video about drinking, I don't believe that alcohol is for the believer. But in the same way you can be filled with wine, the Bible says that same way, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be intentional. We need to long for this. We need to cry out for this. We need to call out for this. And most of the times, encounters, dreams, visions, outpourings of the Spirit do not happen just by chance. Write this down. You have to position yourself in a place to receive these things. So don't just sit back thinking that if God wants to do it, God is going to do it because God is looking for you to participate in the dream and in the vision. God is longing to do this. So after we learn to, you know, it's going to be a time of receiving. It's not just going to be us learning. Oh, I wrote down a bunch of notes, but God says, I want you to begin to dream and hear and have visions like never before. And I believe after tonight, once we learn the biblical foundations, we go through scripture, God will begin to speak to us now because we have the biblical capacity, the biblical position to rightly decipher dreams and visions. Some of you that have already had dreams and visions, you say, I'm already a dreamer. I'm already having dreams and visions. Well, this is going to help you tonight, rightly discern your dreams and visions and understand understand where those dreams and visions are coming from and then in the future we will go ahead and do another stream on dream interpretations common dreams and all that type of stuff now i'll just say this starting i'm not a big dreamer i occasionally have a prophetic dream but instead of writing it off and saying i don't dream much i am changing my position after studying praying and reading i'm changing my position my position now is saying god i want to hear you at night just like I hear you in the day. I hear God, that still small voice all the time throughout the day, but I don't just want to hear God in the day. I want to hear God at night. And so some of you need to change your position. Some of you have been like me and you say, well, brother, I'm just not a big dreamer. I'm just not a big vision person. But after tonight, I believe God is saying, if you will hunger and thirst for this, I will give you these. I've had several life changing dreams in my last 10 years. I've had several life changing visions. And I believe that there is power in both dreams and in both visions. And I don't believe that a dream is better than a vision or a vision is better than a dream. They both have a specific purpose. And like I said, we are going to go at the end and pray for your eyes to be activated. And you might say, well, brother, is that in the Bible? Praying a prayer of activation to open up my spiritual eyes. I don't know. Let's look at 2 Kings 6.15. It talks about Elisha and his servant being surrounded. And the servant says, my master, what shall we do? They're literally surrounded by the enemy. And Elisha answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed. Okay. If you're wondering, this is biblical. So I mean, like you're just you spiritual. And then Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, this is Elisha's prayer. Open up his eyes that he may see. 
So Elisha's prayer was, Lord, he's not seeing what you're doing in the spiritual realm. And so, Lord, would you open up his spiritual eyes, not natural, spiritual, that he may see. And the Bible says that the Lord opened up the servant's eyes and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and the horses and chariots of fire were all around Elisha. Understand that this was in the Old Testament and how much more do we have the power and authority now that we're in the new covenant full of the Holy Ghost to pray for spiritual eyes. So Elisha prayed for that God to open their eyes. Elisha's prayer was the key to opening up his servant's eyes. And I'm going to pray tonight by faith and believe that my prayer is going to be the key to opening up your spiritual eyes to begin to dream and have visions. In fact, last night before bed, I said, Lord, I want to dream. Okay. And part of the stuff I'm going to talk to you tonight is about asking God for dreams and then taking notes about your dreams. And then I had a dream last night and I felt it was prophetic. I felt it was important. And I woke up in the middle of the night. I was tossing and turning and I didn't write it down. And I went back to bed and I thought I would remember it. And I woke up this morning and I forgot the dream. And so this is very important. If you're a dreamer, if you want to start getting dreams, don't be like what I did last night. You need to have a notepad by your bed or your phone and don't be lazy and go back to bed. Get up and write the dream. So like the gift of the spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when it comes to receiving dreams and visions, although there's different manifestations of dreams and visions, it's the same spirit, this is very important, that gives dreams and visions. 1 Corinthians 12, 4, Paul says, now there are a variety of spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same spirit. And there's a variety of ministries, a variety of different ministries, and they're all from the same Lord. And there's very variety of effects, but the same God who works all these in all persons, but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So Paul says there's a variety of spiritual gifts, which we've already talked about. There's a variety of ministries. So everyone has a different ministry calling just because somebody's ministry doesn't look like yours. Doesn't mean that they are wrong because Paul says there's a variety of ministries, but they're all the same Lord, whether it's a ministry of online, like we're doing a ministry of traveling, preaching, like we're also doing a ministry of feeding the homeless, a ministry of deliverance, whatever the variety, you might be a business person, but God's called you to that ministry is it's the same Lord. So we're not here battling each other and competing with whose ministry is more powerful. Some of you say, well, Isaiah, you should teach on this or teach on that. I'm doing what God's called my ministry to do. And that's right now traveling and preaching the gospel on social media and God is blessing it and God is growing it. And that's why there's 2,400 of you right now. Not because of my personality. Does that play a role? Absolutely. Not because I'm a great preacher. Does that play a role? Yes. But the ultimate reason why there's 2,400 of you because the Holy Spirit is anointing these broadcasts and we're hungry for the Holy Spirit and people say, I got touched during the broadcast. I got healed during the broadcast. I got delivered during the broadcast. And so this is very important. You understand that it's the same spirit. So the same spirit that gives visions is the same spirit that gives dreams. And oftentimes, I hope you're taking notes, dreams and visions are for the common good. They bring healing. They bring clarity. They bring wholeness. They'll oftentimes have purposes. They'll bring us into deeper repentance or deeper revelation. I had a dream once, one of the most startling, I won't share all these dreams I've had, but one of the most startling dreams I've ever had that still shakes me to my core was one day I had a prophetic dream. It was about two years into the ministry. God was moving. The the church was thriving. It was growing. People were coming from all over. God was moving like never before. And I remember in this dream, I was in heaven. I couldn't look at God, but I remember him being a bright light and I was standing at the gates of heaven, but I wasn't looking into the gates. I realized in my dream, I had already entered into heaven and now I was looking at the gates of heaven from the inside of heaven, looking to the outside and the gates of heaven in my dream were actually transparent 
uh, gates. And in my dream, I started seeing friends and family of mine. These were not symbolic. These were actual people in my dream that were at the gate of heaven and the gate was see-through and they were banging on the gates of heaven, crying out to God, begging to come in. Now in the dream, I was absolutely terrified and I was beginning to shake and tremble. And I kept looking at these people trying to get in thinking that Jesus was going to let them in. And so I said, God, are you going to let them in? Are you going to let them in? And I never, I'll never forget looking over, seeing this, you know, whatever it was that I was seeing in my dream, which was God seeing this bright light and there being a, a sense in my mind, in my dream, because you can have spiritual senses in your dream of sadness, of heartbrokenness that was coming from God. I said, Lord, are you going to let them in? Five minutes I felt like went by, they're banging on the door and they're screaming. They're crying to try to get into heaven. And I'm going, Lord. And as the dream's progressing, I'm getting more intense because these are my friends and family. I'm going, Lord, are you going to let them in? And he's not saying anything, Lord. And I start crying out in the dream, Lord, are you going to let them in? And the Lord spoke back to me and said, Isaiah, I can't let them in. They don't know me. And I saw, I heard the desperation in the voice of God that God wanted to let these people into his kingdom, but because they didn't know him, they couldn't. And then he said, Isaiah, they know all about me, but they don't know me. I was terrified what this dream did. I remember waking up soaking wet, but what this dream did was it caused me to preach with a greater boldness, a greater intensity. It caused me to realize that just because people are in my ministry, it does not mean that they are in Christ. The purpose of the dream why God gave me or spoke to me this way in the dream, you guys said, what's the point of that? Was to show me that Isaiah, not everyone in, around you that's following your ministry has a relationship with me, with Jesus. They come to prayer, they follow the ministry, they're at every event, but they do not personally know Jesus. And so this shifted me and it's continuing to emphasize people having their own relationship with God. I had to keep emphasizing. And to this day now, that dream has changed my life because if you know me, my emphasis through deliverance, through miracles, through healing, through revival, through holiness, everything I preach is at the end of the day, you need a relationship with Jesus. Everything we're talking about tonight, the end goal is do you know Jesus? Because friend, it doesn't matter if you've cast out demons, if you've healed the sick, if you've had a thousand prophetic dreams, do you know Jesus? That's the end goal. You don't get into heaven because you've had dreams, because you've done deliverance. Because what does the Bible say? Many will say, Lord, Lord, Lord. They'll claim that I'm their Lord and say, did we not prophesy and do miracles? And the Lord will say, depart me for I never knew you. So these dreams, these visions, these revelations we're getting need to bring us into a closer relationship with Jesus. Now it's okay when you're immature to depend on somebody else to bring you to Jesus, but eventually you need to get your own walk. When you're in seventh grade, it's like you have that crush on that girl in seventh grade and you say, hey, can your friend, can you, you tell her friend, hey, can you tell her something for me? And you live your seventh grade little relationship through her friend. Tell her about this, tell her this. And you use her friend as a means to getting to her because you really like her, but you're afraid to approach her and talk to her directly. And maybe as a child, that's okay. But when we grow up, we put away these childish things. And guess what? You don't have to say, Isaiah, will you tell God something for me? Because that's childish. You can directly go to God with boldness and say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to serve you guys. My desire is not to be famous in the eyes on social media or the eyes of people. My desire is that Jesus would know me, that I would know him. But even more important than me knowing him, does he know me? Because the Bible says many will come and he'll say, I don't know you. I had no relationship. And so I hope that everything I preach and teach, you guys see this, that it's all about having a relationship with Jesus. Okay. 
The main difference between a dream and a vision is dreams happen while you're sleeping, hello, and visions happen while you are awake, but they're very similar. So as we talk about this, I don't want you to think dreams and visions are these world apart ideas. Dreams and visions are very similar in the way God speaks, but one happens while you're sleeping and one happens while you're awake. So if you want to really get a picture of a trance, which we'll talk about later, or a vision, just think about a dream while I'm awake. That's what we're going to see in visions. One good verse that reveals how God can speak in both dreams and visions is number 12, Numbers 12, 6. It says, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak to him in a dream. So right there, Numbers 12, 6, we see the Lord saying, I'm going to speak in a dream, and I'm also going to be revealed in a vision. So these are both ways, Old Testament and New Testament, that God can speak to his people. And there's actually several different types of dreams and visions. So you, when you see the word dreams in the Bible, it's not just one type of dream. There's different types of dreams. There's different types of ways you can dream or have visions, but I'm not going to get deep into the Greek because if we want to learn about that, we really have to get into the Greek. And there's, you know, the Greek words, the problem with Greek and English is Greek could have seven meanings for an English word. And English, most of the time, a dream has one meaning, right? You go to sleep, you have a dream. But in the Greek, there's actually five, six, seven, eight different types of visions, different types of dreams, but I'm not huge on spending a lot of time in Greek for a few reasons. I love the Greek. I've studied the Greek. I'll share a bit about it, but my, my philosophy is this. A lot of us don't obey God in English, so why would we obey him in Greek? I know pastors that all they do is Greek this, Greek that, Greek this. I'm going like, your church doesn't even obey the English Bible, let alone breaking it down in the Greek, and so we need to start obeying in English before we really try to dive into Greek, and I know a lot of people are new, and I don't want to confuse you trying to give you a bunch of Greek words and a bunch of stuff I learned in Bible college, okay? One of the problems, though, with the English is you just got to know when we talk about dreams or visions, here's what I'm going to say. Know that there's different types of dreams, different types of visions. One of the ones I want to talk about is when God talks to us while we dream. Now, I'm going to introduce something you've probably never heard before, but I want you to understand that when God speaks in dreams, it's not necessarily that God is giving us a prophetic dream, but think about it this way. It's God's ability to speak to us while we're dreaming. And this is the first Greek word that we find out about dreaming. So imagine God in your dream, because everybody dreams, right? Everyone has, every natural person dreams, even people in the world that aren't saved dream. But God has the ability, even if you're not full of the Holy Ghost, you're not a believer, to actually come into our dream and speak to us in our dream. So it's not like I'm getting prophetic dreams, but God has the ability to, even in our dreams, God has the ability to come and speak. And God would oftentimes do this in scripture. So it's not just like, oh, I got a prophetic dream, but it's God spoke to me in the dream. God actually encountered me in the dream. How many know that God can invade your dreams? God has the power to invade your dreams. And when you dream, your mind, and this is just according to science, generates images. So while you're sleeping, your mind is generating images. And these are what are known as common dreams. These are not prophetic. These are common dreams. The Bible talks about these are onars in the Greek. And that's just a common dream. And even in the owners, the common dream, not prophetic, but the, this would be the average believer's dream. So last night, just a dream. It wasn't a prophetic dream, like where God encountered me, boom, prophecy, you know, direction for my future. It was just, I felt God spoke to me last night in a dream. That was an owner. That was a common dream. And God has the power. And a lot of people don't think about this or teach about this. It's almost like when you have, you know, people say, oh, a demon gave me a dream. And I'm going to talk about that later. It's not that a demon gave you the dream. It's that a demon 
came and influenced you in your dream. So you can have a normal Onar dream and God will actually speak to you in that dream. You'll have a divine encounter in that dream. In Matthew 120, we see this when God spoke to Joseph three different times. Matthew 120 says, but when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and watch what it says here in a dream or in an Onar, which is the Greek word for the dream here. So, in, so Joseph's dreaming, an angel appears to him in a dream. So he's in a dream and the angel appears and says this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife for the child has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him when he was in his dream and took Mary as, as his wife but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Think about this. The most important message in history to Joseph, the most pivotal moment of his entire life, God said, I'm not gonna send an angel to you in the daytime, but Joseph, I'm going to send an angel of the Lord to you in your dream. So you're dreaming, your mind's creating pictures. Are you guys seeing this? And an angel comes in the dream and begins to speak to Joseph. That was his first dream. So you wanna talk about dreams aren't important. Okay, tell Joseph that because God used a dream to tell Joseph, hey, by the way, Joseph, your wife, Mary, oh yeah, she's pregnant with the son of God. And God says, I'm gonna use a dream to tell you that. And so you might get these very significant and important messages of dreams from God, just like Joseph got. Joseph's gonna receive another dream, so God can give you more than one dream, multiple dreams, in Matthew chapter two, and this dream now was, go flee to Egypt in order to protect Jesus, and Joseph got up, the Bible says, in the middle of the night, this is in Matthew two, and left in the middle of the night. So when you see, you'll see this over and over, when God spoke in a common dream, he would speak something, and this is the key to dreaming, they would obey it, what God was saying to do, and then God would continue to speak. And so when God speaks, I hope you're taking notes, in dreams and visions, he's not suggesting you to go do something, he's speaking because there's something important he wants and he expects our obedience if he's speaking to us. And then the question you're gonna keep asking this whole time is, well, how do I know if it's God speaking? And towards the end, we're gonna give you the test and I'm gonna break it down very, very easy to where you can guarantee tell whether a dream comes from your human soul, the Holy Spirit, or a demonic spirit. And remember, this is common dreams. These are ours, where God just comes in our dreams and God will speak to us. Now a third time, Joseph has another dream. And in this dream, God says, okay, Joseph, you can go to the land of Israel and the people looking to kill Jesus are now dead. So the Bible says Joseph got up and took the child and came into the land of Israel. So every time he got a dream, the Bible makes it clear what happened. He recognizes God came in a common dream. He recognized it was God. He obeyed what God said to do in the dream. And then he stepped into the destiny that God has from. Now, interestingly enough, the wise men who worship Jesus Jesus also all received dreams after finding out and worshiping Jesus. Why did God use these dreams? And this is the important part. God used these dreams to direct humanity into his divine purposes. This is the purpose of dreams is that we're partnering with God's divine nature and we're doing and fulfilling the will of God through dreams and through direction God gives us. Now, what's interesting is God used these dreams to bring, and this is all Bible. I'm not giving you opinions. I'm not giving you a book of dreams and visions. I'm giving you Bible scripture 
scriptures. God used the speaking in the dream to get Joseph out of danger. And I want you to write this down. I've no noticed, especially with reoccurring dreams, God will use them to help us avoid danger. This could be avoiding danger in a relationship. Listen, if you're having a reoccurring dream and you're in a, a ungodly relationship or a relationship that you're questioning is of God and you keep having a dream of you breaking up with that person, you breaking up with that person, that could be God warning you that there's danger, you need to break it off. God can also give you dreams of avoiding danger at work. You can have a dream of maybe your construction worker and something falling on you. And God is saying, I'm warning you in the dream of danger. God uses dreams to warn of danger, just like he used the dream for Joseph. This could be physical danger, spiritual danger, mental danger, emotional danger. You might have a dream that you got in an accident in a car in a particular area on your way to work. And you woke up going, wow, that was weird. I got in an accident. I drive that route every day. And it could be God showing you, you need to be careful or avoid that area because there may be a wreck. And so these are ways God can, biblical ways God could use dreams to avoid danger. I know many people that have had dreams of hell that were unbelievers and they've had dreams that, you know, John Ramirez had an encounter like that where he went to hell and this is how he got saved. So God will use these to warn us of danger, to warn us that we're on the wrong track. You might be a pastor and have dreams of people in your ministry causing chaos, causing division. I've actually had these personally and that's God showing you, hey, you need to watch out. I'm trying to have you avoid this danger. And so when you have reoccurring dreams, this might be God speaking to you. Don't think, oh, this isn't God. I'm just, you know, I had bad pizza, but realize maybe God is showing me that there's danger. You might have a kid that's out there on drugs or a kid that's out there in gangs and God keeps showing you in your dream something uh, horrific happening to them. And that might be God showing them you need to reach out to them. You need to pray for them because they are in danger. So God will use dreams to keep you out of danger and dreams to help keep other people out of danger. God has a way of guiding us in dreams and visions. God can also speak to unbelievers in dreams and in visions. Matthew 27, 19 says, Pilate's wife suffered greatly in a dream and the dream was her telling Pilate have nothing to do with this man. So she had this dream and the Bible says she suffered all night because she realized Jesus was righteous and he was being wrongly accused. And she goes to Pilate and says, Pilate, you know, don't mess with this guy. I had a dream. I was up all night. And so God gave her, now she was not a believer, but God gave her a dream. Pilate's own wife got a dream. So God can absolutely speak to unbelievers, through dreams and encounters. God can speak to whoever he wants through dreams. He spoke to Abimelech in Genesis 23. He spoke to Laban in Genesis 31, 24. He spoke to Pharaoh's butler and the baker in Genesis 45. He spoke to Pharaoh in a dream in Genesis 41. He spoke to Midian in a dream in Judges 7. He spoke to Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 2. These are all unbelievers. Now, why would God speak to an unbeliever in a dream. The primary function of why God would speak to an unbeliever during a dream is that to bring them to repentance or salvation. Remember, God's desire is that every heart would turn towards him and he wants everyone to pay him. The Bible says God does not want no one to perish. And so God speaks through dreams to people so that he can warn them, so that he can save them, so that he can deliver them. Okay. Now visions are different than dreams in that the primary function, remember, we're going to go deeper probably as the weeks go into different types of visions, into open-eyed vision, closed-eyed vision, panoramic visions, you know, vid visions that look like videos, visions of the night. We're also going to talk about in, a, in the coming weeks of when you wake up and you have like, it feels like you're not asleep, but you are asleep and you're having these dreams. And these are oftentimes visions you get right after you wake up. And those are also in the Bible. We'll talk about those in another time, but visions can either be, write this down, open eye or closed eye. 
And I've actually had both. There's um, even times when receiving a vision, you won't even know whether your eyes are open or closed. And sometimes visions feel like real life or feel more than what real life feels like. And if you remember in Acts 12, when Peter was broken out of prison, it says, Peter followed him out of the prison, which was the angel. But Peter had no idea that what the angel was really doing was actually happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. So here Peter's Acts 2, scholars say he's supposed to die the next day and give you long story short an angel breaks him out peter gets out he's walking out of the prison he gets out of the city gates and peter thinks he's in a vision so this shows me this biblically that visions could be so real that they feel like they're real life because remember peter had other visions before this and now peter's in real life thinking he's in a vision. What does that show me? It shows me that visions could be so clear you might mistake them for being real life. And some of you may have had visions thinking that it was real life and not even know it. So Peter follows him out. Peter realizes that this was so real. I actually thought I was in a vision. And it wasn't until the Bible says he got outside the gates, he realized, wait a minute, this is not a vision. This is real life. The best way, as I said, to think of visions are dreams in the day. They seem, they seem very similar as to when you're dreaming. Matthew 17, 9 says, as they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, who was he commanding? Peter, James, and John saying, tell the vision or the Harama is the Greek for vision here to no one until the son of man has risen from the dead. So this is Peter, James, and John in Matthew 17 on the mountain. Jesus transfigures is the Mount Transfiguration. Elijah and Moses appeared and are speaking to Jesus. Peter says, should we build monuments for Elijah, for uh, Elijah, Moses, and you? The Bible says Elijah and Moses disappeared. God says, this is my beloved son. In other words, Peter, don't elevate Elijah and Moses into the place of my son. Don't build monuments after men because Jesus is not like the prophet. He's in a category of his own. And the reason why Elijah and Moses, and this is free tonight, showed up on the Mount Transfiguration. Remember, Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Moses represented the law and Elijah represented the prophets. On the Mount Transfiguration, when Peter, James, and John saw the vision, it was a representation of what Jesus was coming to do. And God removed the prophets when they got elevated to the place of Jesus. Jesus and prophets are not equal. Jesus is not just some prophet. He is the son of God. And so we need to be careful that we don't elevate persons personalities in the place of God. I don't think there's anything wrong with being famous because Jesus was famous. The problem comes when the spotlight that's shining on you is greater than the light that is shining out of you. And so I don't ever want my following or the spotlight that's on me to be greater than the light of Christ that shines out of me. And this is the danger with fame. We start building monuments like Peter. Should we just build statues? And God says, no, 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 no. Jesus is my beloved son. And he's not like Elijah. He's not like Moses. He is is God. And so this was a divine revelation. Jesus said, don't tell anybody because I want you to wait until I've died and I've resurrected. Now I've had dreams of the second heaven and it was God's way of revealing to me. I'm sorry. I've had visions of the second heaven and it was God's way of revealing to me the structure of Satan's kingdom and the way warfare works in the second heaven. This was a vision. A, what I believe it was, was a trance, which I'm going to go into later. It's a different type of vision, but this was God showing me the second heaven, showing me warfare and showing me how to overcome. So every time God gives us a dream, writing this down in a vision, it's for a divine strategy, a divine purpose. And it's not an accidental thing. Oftentimes visions will give you ministry instruction or guidance. God may show you what he actually wants you to do in a vision. In Acts 9, 10, it says, now there was a disciple, a disciple at Damascus, 
named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in Harama, which is a vision in the Greek, Ananias, here I am, Lord. Ananias responded. And the Lord said, get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas. For there's a man there named Tarsus and named, uh, there's a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying right now. And the Bible says, Saul saw in a vision a man named Ananias coming in to lay hands on him so he might regain his sight. So Paul's blind. He goes to a house. He's praying. God's in a vision shows Saul a man coming. And then God goes to Ananias in a vision and says, go to Saul and pray for him. So God used visions to have Ananias to go pray for Saul and a vision to tell Paul Ananias was coming. And neither were shocked because they already saw it in a vision. Oftentimes, if God shows you something in a vision, it should not shock you when it comes to pass because God will give you visions to show you what he's trying to do or give you guidance. I've had tremendous things happen in my life, in my ministry that didn't shock me because I've already seen them in a vision. Now, one of the ways that I get visions mostly is through when I'm praying for words of knowledge or I'm ministering to people and I'm praying and prophesying over people, I will get an open eye vision. What is that? I'll see stuff in the open eye superimpose itself in the natural realm. So for instance, if I'm praying for you with my eyes open, which most of the time I pray, I pray with my eyes open, I see stuff and it's not like I'm seeing stuff with my eyes closed, but I'm actually seeing them in the spirit realm with my eyes open. So I could see my wall, but then in front of that, I see something in the spiritual realm and I'm able to to discern it and I'm able to prophesy about it. And so that's oftentimes how I see visions. Have I had a closed eye? visions yes i've also had trances before and so you need to understand that visions dreams trances these are all biblical things i remember when my brother got saved i was actually at work when he really got saved and everyone called me freaking out because at the time my brother was a drug addict he was a drug dealer he was an alcoholic and he literally texted me when i got saved he was my best friend my party partner he texted me and said isaiah i'm gonna go to hell on purpose just to prove to you everyone you pray for is not gonna get saved And I said, no, you're not because I've already seen God save you. I've already seen you get saved. And he goes, no, no, no. But in a, in a vision, God had already showed me my brother serving in the ministry. God had already showed me my brother get saved. God had already showed me my brother in prayer meetings. God had already showed me my brother worshiping. And so I was not confused when it actually happened. And so I was at work, I was working at Starbucks. And I'll never forget they called me. Miss Isaiah, you need to get home. You're not going to believe what happened. We all got around Nico. He got delivered. He got saved. You know, the demons came off of him. It was this crazy, dramatic encounter. And I wasn't shocked because I already saw him got saved in a vision. I would see visions of him, as I said, praying and worshiping. And so you need to know that when God shows you a vision, it's for the appointed time. Now, the days I was getting the visions... He was not serving God because his salvation was at an appointed time and I was just waiting for the manifestation of the vision. So oftentimes you'll get visions of things that have not happened yet. In Acts 10.3, Cornelius had a vision of an angel coming to him. And in the same chapter, Peter had a vision, which was actually a trance, which is actually the Greek word ecstasis, which we'll talk about that here in a minute. But understand that in the book of Acts, the New Testament church was having dreams and visions constantly, vision after vision after vision and this was God's way of directing them into the path of righteousness in fact Paul had such a powerful vision in Acts 16 that the Bible says in a vision a man of Macedonia came to him and said come to Macedonia to help us and preach to us and this was the first time that Eastern Europe would hear the gospel why did Paul go to Macedonia because of a dream and because of a vision Acts 18 19 and the Lord said to Paul in the night by a vision a harama this is the Greek word for vision do not 
not be afraid any longer, but go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you and no man will attack you or harm you for I have many people in the city. So God says, Paul, don't be afraid. I'm using you in the city. And the Bible says, because of that vision, Paul settled there for a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. So God will oftentimes in visions show you direction for your ministry. He'll show you where he wants you to go. He will speak to you in dreams and visions, giving you direction. So if you need direction, if you need, you know, God to give you confirmation, ask him to do it in a dream or vision. So here Paul is having a vision, not a dream at night. And the Bible says he stayed for a year and six months. So you can also have visions at nighttime. You can have visions laying in bed. You can have visions in the morning where you're not actually sleeping, but you're having divine vision. So do you, are you guys seeing this type one? If you're seeing it over and over and over again, we're going to see powerful dreams and visions. Yet the American church rarely talks about them. And it would take me 10 hours to go through every story in the Bible of somebody that had a dream or somebody that had a vision because it's so prevalent. What I want to emphasize and talk about is a certain type of vision that is actually a trance. Now, some of you are going to freak out and start manifesting and go, oh man, don't talk about trances. That's new age. It's not new age. It's Bible. The Greek word for trance is ecstasis, okay? Ecstasis, which is actually, and you can look this up yourself, where the English word ecstasy comes from. So if you're ever wondering, where do they get the word ecstasy? They got it from the Greek word ecstasis, which means trance. And it's actually a biblical word. A lot of our English words are translated from Greek, from Hebrew, from Bible words. And so that same word ecstasy, and we're talking about the drug ecstasy, comes from the Greek word trance. It appears seven times in the New Testament, and it means amazement, astonishment, or a trance. That's what the word ecstasy means. When it's translated the word trance, it means one that is being caught up in the spirit to receive a divine revelation from God. And that's what the word trance is, okay? So this is more than just seeing in a vision. It's actually being caught up in the spirit where you somehow, I don't know if you leave your body or not, but you get caught up in a spiritual realm. And the more that I read and learn about trances, the more that I realize I was in a trance when I saw the second heaven. Because remember, I, when my, I had my encounter, if you don't know, I was pacing around my living room praying, and all of a sudden, the next thing I remember, I was waking up flat on my back. I don't remember falling down. I don't remember none of it. I just remember I was up in the spirit. God took me into the spirit realm in a trance and showed me the second heaven, showed me demons tormenting people. And when I came back to my body, the Lord said, Isaiah, there's warfare going on. The people you saw being tortured were real people. Those were real demons. That is where the devil's kingdom is running. And that is where the war is taking place. It's in the heavenlies. And that is the trance I went into when God brought me in the second heaven. And I was absolutely terrified, absolutely terrified. Woke up from that soaking wet shaking. Okay. That was a trance that I went into. So this is more than just having a vision. Now I do have open eye visions. As I said, when I prophesy, I get open eye visions, but this is a trance is a deeper level where God brings you up in the spirit. Many believers believe many, I'm sorry, many scholars believe that when John in Revelation one was talking, he was in a trance. Remember, he says this in, in Revelation one, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice, the sound of a trumpet. So John says, I was in the spirit and later on in future broadcasts, we will talk about what does it mean to be in the spirit? What does it mean to be out of your body? But he was in the spirit and many scholars I've researched this believe he was in a trance. Ecstasis means amazement, and that's found in Luke 5.26 when the paralyzed man was lowered through the roof. The Bible says that they were amazed. It's found in Acts 3 when Peter heals the man who was lame from birth. They were amazed. They were ecstasis. It's also found in Mark 16.8 when the women found the empty tomb and were astonished. And the Bible says trembling when Jesus was not there. There was ecstasis, and that's the word amazement. 
And now if we want to look at the exorcist and the transcendence, we're going to find this in Acts 10.10 when Peter has his vision on the rooftop in Joppa before his visit to Cornelius. The Bible says Peter became hungry and was desiring to eat. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance, an ecstasy. And so Peter in Acts 10, 10, and remember, I'm giving you guys the Bible. This is not my opinion. This is not some new age thing. This is what your Bible says. These are Bible translations. These are Greek words. Peter fell into a trance. I, I read about this trance and I think about this is what I believe happened to me. I was praying and I fell into a trance. Now, it's not just Peter that fell into a trance, but if you go to Acts 22, 17, for all you that are like, you don't use the Bible, I've given you already like 30 verses. Paul also goes into a trance. Let's look at this. The Bible says, and it happened when I returned to Jerusalem, Paul was praying in the temple and then Paul says this in his own writing in the book of Acts I mean in his own words Paul says and then I fell into a trance in ecstasy and I saw him saying to me make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly because they will not accept your testimony about me so let's look at this Paul is in Jerusalem Paul's praying which is what I was doing when I had my trance Paul is praying he falls into an ecstasy a trance and then God comes to him and says Get out of Jerusalem now because they're not going to accept your testimony. So what are we going to see here? We're going to see God using trances for people to escape from danger. I am not saying trances are a daily thing. I'm not saying these are often occurrence. In fact, I've probably had two or three trances, maybe maybe four or five total in 10 years. And I could only remember two or three of them clearly. But these are biblical spiritual experiences that I believe as we ask the Lord to speak in, primarily God uses them to speak to us. God will do that. So Paul's praying, goes into a trance, and then all of a sudden God warns him in the trance. He comes out and he escapes Jerusalem. So when we see God warning Paul, the Bible says Paul left quickly. So if you fall into a trance and God says to leave this or get out of something, it's important that you obey fast. We cannot be lax when we receive these spiritual encounters from God. In our current day, the problem with trances are We've given them a bad name because they're correlated to new age and the occult. But remember, a trance is not a super common, but it is a biblical, legitimate experience that God uses to speak to his people. So don't think this is something new age. These are these are all biblical things. And there's other places in the Bible that gives us um, forms of trance-like states. So these are all trance-like states. And Mark 16, 8 is amazement, is a trance-like state. Mark 5, 42, astonishment. Revelation 1, 17, falling as if you're dead. Uh, Daniel 10, 7, a great quaking. Job 4, 14, when you're trembling or shaking. Ezekiel 8, 1, 1 Kings 18, is a sudden sense of power. Ezekiel 1, 3, is the hand of the Lord. Job 33, is a, a dead sleep from the Lord. These are all trance-like states in your Bible. Now, we'd be here for 10 years, as I said, if we went over every dream, over every trance, but just know that in these trance-like states, God is able to give us wisdom, give us direction. And I hope some of you that have had trances or had dreams or had visions are starting to understand that this was God speaking to you and that this was the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Now there's three sources. Let me go over this. This is very important. This could be the most important part of tonight. There are three, and I cannot believe we're already over an hour. There are three sources of revelation, which may come through a dream or a vision. I want you to write these down and I'll pin the other things in the comments. I don't know if I'll pin these in the comments, but number one, the three sources, number one is the Holy Spirit. Okay. Number two is the human soul. And number three is the demonic spirit. 
The only trusted source of information is from the Holy Spirit, and that's number one. The number one source is the Holy Spirit. That's source number one. And the only information that we can trust in a dream or in a vision, let's just stick with those because we've already done testing the spirits for prophetic words. So let's just stick with dreams and visions tonight. The only one that is trustworthy is one that comes from the Holy Spirit. And then in a couple minutes here, we're going to tell you how to know if it comes from the Holy Spirit or comes from a demonic spirit or the human soul. But understand that the human soul and demonic spirits can bring deception and want to deceive you. The Holy Spirit, write this down, will never speak against the word of God because the Holy Spirit works in unity with God's word and with God's nature. So please, please, please do not believe any dream or any vision or any prophetic word that speaks against the written word of God that contradicts the written word of God. I've had people literally tell me that someone gave them a prophetic word to leave their husband or wife because God had someone better for them. That is demonic. That is not godly because the Bible speaks against divorce. So God would never tell somebody to get a divorce unlawfully if God it was God if it was the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will not go against his word. God is not going to tell you to do to sin. So if you get a vision or a dream telling you to sin, that's not the Holy Spirit. And those are easy ways to tell, but number one, the first source that can speak in dreams and visions is the Holy Spirit, and that's the most important and that's the only one that you can take valid information from. Okay, number 2. Write this down is the human soul. And this is capable. The human soul is capable of voicing thoughts and ideas. And it's actually possible to receive, and I'll give you Bible for this, a dream or a vision from your own human soul. So you can get a dream and it not be from God or a demon and no influence from God or a demon. It's your human soul. And you can also get a vision. And if you wonder, how can I get a vision from my human soul? These are called fantasies or called daydreaming. And every one of us have probably experienced this where you're sitting down and you start thinking about and you start projecting and dwelling on what would my life be like with this? Or if I was married to this person or doing this. And many of us have allowed ourselves to daydream and 20 minutes go by and you've envisioned your life or you've envisioned something happening or you fantasized about something that was not God giving you this vision or a demon. But you're like, man, it was so real. That is a a, a a soulish vision, a fantasy, or a daydreaming. Also, I've had times, and this happens to me, you know, honestly, pretty common, where I'll wake up from a nap, or I'll wake up from sleep, or wake up in the middle of the night, and I'll have some type of where I'm not asleep, but I am awake, but I'm awake, and I have like a weird uh, vision, or a daydream, or a fantasy, and I'm like, what in the world was that? It wasn't from God, it wasn't a demon, that's your human soul, and this could be influenced by the people you hang with, the things you talk about, the movies that you watch. That is why some of you watch horror movies and then you have terrible dreams all night, okay? Those could be demonic, but they could also be the human soul. If you're fighting before bed, you can have dreams of fighting or arguing or bitterness. So whatever you're doing before you sleep, be careful because you want to be careful what happens to your human soul because your human soul can give you dreams, can give you visions. Now, I would say if you're daydreaming or fantasizing, fantasizing stop okay it's not healthy it's not biblical and we need to take those thoughts according to corinthians 10 captive and bring them down because they oftentimes will exalt themselves above the knowledge of god now listen if you're thinking about a business strategy or you're you know planning something out in your mind that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about legitimate daydreams and legitimate fantasies these are not from god i remember when i wasn't saved i would oftentimes have these crazy daydreams or fantasies where 30 minutes would go by and i was like whoa i cannot believe i was just in some type of you in a weird state that's a soulless dream or a soulless vision now let me give you a uh, the bible where it says that this can happen jeremiah 23 16 do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you they fill you with false hopes and they speak visions 
from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. So what does the Bible say clearly? They are prophesying out of visions from their own mind, the mind being, remember, part of the soul. What does the soul consist of? The mind, the will, and the emotion. So here's what Jeremiah 23, 16 is saying. God is saying these people are prophesying out of the soul, out of the mind, the soul consisting of the mind, the will, and emotion. So they're not prophesying out of me. So you can actually prophesy out of your human soul. And I'm not going to go into this, but there's a lot of people that we've seen in the last six months that have prophesied out of their own human soul. And so a lot of these prophetic words that are not coming to pass about a bunch of different things. Okay. I don't want to get in trouble here because I don't want you guys to go crazy with this and send them to, you know, friends of mine, but a lot of these prophecies are coming out of the soul. And so we need to be careful that when we prophesy, we prophesy out of the Holy Spirit's inspiration, not the inspiration of the soul. Also, a demon can make you prophesy or give you a prophetic word and you can prophesy something demonic. Let's look at Ezekiel 13. One, the word of the Lord uh, came to me saying, son of man, prophesy against the prophets who are now prophesying. Say to those who prophesy out of their imagination, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign word of the Lord says. Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Their visions are false and their divinations are a lie. Even though the Lord has not sent them, they say the Lord declares and they expect him to fulfill their words. Have you not seen false visions and uttered lying divinations when you say the Lord declares, though I have not spoken? Oh, there's too much to go into here. But basically, God is calling Ezekiel to prophesy against false prophets that says are speaking out of their imagination out of their own human spirit, following their own spirit, when they've really seen nothing, their visions are lies, their divinations. And this is what's crazy to me. He says, they expect God to fulfill their words. So they're giving all these prophetic words. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. God is doing this. You know, in November, this is going to happen. This is going to happen with China and with politics and with the economy. And they prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. And then they expect God to back up their prophecies. But God says, I can't, I'm not backing them up because they're prophesying out of their visions, out of their imaginations, out of their own human spirit. And they're not true visions and they're not true revelations. So yes, it is possible to prophesy out of the human soul, the human spirit. Ezekiel says they prophesy out of their hearts their own emotions, their own spirit, and their own imagination. Again, the mind, the will, and the emotion. Ezekiel says they prophesy out of emotion. They're prophesying out of their soul. So it's clear. You can have dreams, visions, and prophecies from your soul. Okay, last source, source number three, and then we're going to get into the test because I don't want to you know, make this three hours. Like I said, we're going to go into greater detail in the coming weeks on spiritual encounters, what they are, where they are in the Bible, and what do we do about them. And I'll share some spiritual encounters I've had in the coming weeks. But lastly, the third source where you can get dreams and visions is demonic spirits. This could be tricky because remember, and this is what you need to know, the, the devil comes as an angel of light or as good voices, but in their nature, and these are demons, they're liars because they operate under the chief of all liars and that's Satan himself who the Bible calls the father of lies and so everyone's saying go three hours so you need to understand that demons can come as angels of lights which is why we need discernment people who fall from messages from demons are those that oftentimes do not read their Bible they have little discernment they're ignorant to what God's word says and they will obey demons in dreams and in visions now, let me give you, after studying hours and hours and hours, I don't want to tell you how many hours, but a lot of hours, I'm going to tell you my firm belief. I used to think 
because I was I didn't understand and I didn't do enough research. I used to think that when you have a demonic dream, you know, and you don't I don't need to tell you what a demonic dream is. We've all had them, including me. I would always think, okay, that was a demon giving you the dream. Now I'm convinced that the, it's not a, a demon giving you the dream. I'm convinced that demons are able to come into your common dreams if they've been given access and they can influence your dreams. The same way God, now God can give you prophetic encounters while you sleep and prophetic dreams, but most of the time in scripture, God would actually come into the person's dream and speak to them in their dream. I hope this is making sense. And the way I see demons do this is you're having a dream, which everybody does, even unbelievers. These are pictures going through your mind like a video reel. If you don't know what a camera does, the camera I'm looking at right now is taking pictures, okay? 60 frames per second. So my camera right now is taking 60 pictures a second and putting all those pictures together, which are making a video. And so that's the way dreams work. There are images in your mind that create videos while you sleep. And demons, if they've been given access, have the ability to manipulate what happens in your dream. And God is also able to invade your dream. So that is my theory. That is my understanding. Remember, when it comes to spirituality, we see through a dark uh, lens, uh, we see through the lens darkly so we don't all have it all together and know the exact answer but you need to understand that demons oftentimes influence your common your owners your common dreams now here's the question of the hour here's the golden question and this is what i've never heard anybody explain and i want to break it down as simple as possible for you tonight and i'll link all of this that i'm about to give you because it is it is a lot of questions i'm going to link it in the description after the video how do i know where a dream or vision come from isaiah this is what i want to know if we only have three sources of dreams or visions which is we already talked about the holy spirit the human soul and a demonic spirit where are they coming from? The dreams, the visions, the prophetic word, the manifestations. Where are they coming from and how do I know? So I want to put in three tests, okay? Three tests, very simple, easy to remember, that you can look at every dream and vision and you will, okay, everyone's saying, yes, how? You're going to know after these three tests exactly, no matter what dream or vision it is, where it's going to come from, okay? Test number one, write this down. I'll also link it in the description. Test number one, is you need to find its origin. So that's the first thing you need to do. So when you get a dream, I'm getting very practical, or a vision, number one test, what is the origin? And this is what the Bible calls. I'm going to give you verses for all these. This is what the Bible calls testing the spirit, okay? And this is 1 John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. This is, this is the Bible. But test the spirits to see whether they're from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So 1 John 4, 1, John says, number one, test the origin, find out where the spirit is coming from. That's number one thing you need to do to figure out if it's from God, the human spirit, or demonic spirit. Number one is by testing it. So here's the three questions that we're going to, here's the question we're going to ask for these categories. And it's going to make more sense once you see it in the description, but we're going to look through each source, ask ourselves questions to define the origin. Okay. So the first source we're going to look into under test number one is the self source. So we're going to find out, did this come from self? And so I have my dream. Okay. I, I hope everyone has whatever dream or vision they want to test already. So you get your dream, you have your stuff down. 
and now I had a dream, okay? So my dream was whatever. I was flying through the air and I saw this and there was purple over this or whatever the dream was. And now I'm going to ask myself, did it come from my human spirit? And these are the questions I'm going to ask, trying to find what source it came from. So then I'm going to ask myself, was it primarily born in my mind? In other words, is this something I've been thinking about? Is this something I've been dwelling on? If I'm having a dream, I'm asking, okay, where is that dream coming from? Is it a movie I watch? So this is the self-test looking at the source. Does it feed my ego or does it exalt Jesus? Okay, if it's feeding my ego, it probably came from my human soul. Is this something that I want or something that I desire? Oftentimes we have human desires and human wants and we say okay is this my human desire is this my human soul do i want this that's the self-test okay and that's the test if it's coming from the source of self or human soul then you're going to do the, the test of is it a demonic spirit and this is questions like and there could be other questions but let's just give you some examples does the image seem destructive so is the image i'm getting something destructive in nature is the image i'm getting or it is it luring me away from the lord is it sexual is it lustful remember god is not going to give you a sexual dream or vision or or because it would cause you to lust and god is not going to cause you to sin lust is a sin so these are the to test for the source is it is it lustful is it destructive is it leading me away from god god will not give me something okay then there's the god test so we've already done the self test the satan test for the source and now the god test remember when i link these they're going to make more sense because i have them all characterized for you guys this the god source is it living is it flowing out of a place of revelation is it coming from my innermost being was my spirit focused on jesus when i received the revelation did i feel peace in the revelation even in my dream where i was terrified i still felt a sense of spiritual peace because it was a vision or a dream from god and so these are things you need to ask yourself when it comes to source is it flowing is it coming from my innermost being Am I focused on Jesus? Do I feel peace about it? Okay, that's going to help you. Then the test number two. So test number one is the, the origin of it. The second test you can do, you can do any of these tests on it. Number two is examining the content of the dream or vision. This is the second test. And we do this according to 1 John 4, 5. And this is what it says. You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one that is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. They are from the world therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them but we are from god and whoever knows god listens to us but whoever is not from god does not listen to us and this is how we recognize the bible says the spirit of truth from the spirit of falsehood so the bible shows us how to recognize and examine the contents of the message the way we do this is by looking at the viewpoint is this from god or is this from the viewpoint of the world so this is the test is the actual contents of the message okay so in test number two let's look first if it's of self okay is the contents of the message about self so this would be things like does it appeal to my ego is this contents of the message appealing to my ego is it making me arrogant is it self-centered or is Jesus the one lifted up in the message? So if you're getting messages, dreams, or revelations, and they're exalting you, then you can probably conclude 
that these are coming from a human soul and not coming from the Holy Spirit. And this is how you do the self-test on the examining the contents. So now we're looking at, we went from looking at the source. Now we're looking at the contents of the message. Okay. So is it me? Is it ego? Is it lifting me up? And then let's look at now, is it the contents demonic? Now that would be something like, is it negative? Is it destructive? Is it fearful? Is it um, accusative? Is it accusing people? Does the contents of the message contain death? Does it violate the nature of God? Does it violate the word of God? And remember, we're talking content here, content of the message. Is the image afraid to be tested? If you're getting dreams, visions, or predic words that you are afraid to be tested or someone doesn't want you to test them, that's a telltale sign it's from the devil because the devil doesn't want you to test him. God's word says to test it. Test the prophetic word, the Bible says. So God is okay with us testing words. And so that's the Satan test for content. The God test for content is... Is the contents of the message instructive? Are they uplifting? Are they comforting? Does it accept testing? Does it encourage me to continue my walk with God? So if you're getting a dream or vision and the content of the message is to draw you away from God and not towards God, then you can conclude it's probably either demonic or the human soul because messages that God give in the Bible, they are uplifting, they're instructive, they bring comforting. Do they correct? Absolutely, God will correct you, but the correction will not discourage you. It'll actually encourage your walk with the Lord. Okay, so remember test number one, examine the source. Test number two, check the contents and then the third test and i'll link all of this in the description so none of you have to stress out about this is you need to check the fruit check the fruit check the fruit number three is does the prophetic word or vision bring fruit and this is matthew 7 16 very simple you will know them by their fruits do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles no what that verse says is that good bad things do not come from good things and good things do not come from bad things so we need to test the fruit of it remember if god gives you a dream or a vision there's going to be a reason for the dream or vision there's going to be fruit produced in the dream or vision i I had a vision of friends and family outside the gate of heaven begging to get in. What was the point of that? It produced a new level of boldness and awareness that I need to make sure that people I'm preaching to and leading to the Lord are following God for the right reasons. That was the fruit of it. It was causing me to preach bolder and to be more aware. So let's look at checking the fruit. Let's look at first, is it the human, is it the human soul? So we need to ask ourselves this, is the vision or dream producing humility or is it producing pride? Is it exalting my flesh or is it crucified my flesh? Oftentimes a human soul vision or a human soul dream will actually exalt you and exalt your flesh and bring pride and not exalt the presence of God. Let's look at the Satan or the demonic spirit test for the fruit. Am I fearful? Does it make me compulsive? Does it bring me into bondage? Is it making me anxious, confused? or possessing an inflated ego as a result of the encounter. So as a result, is the fruit of my encounter me being in bondage? Is the fruit of my encounter me being anxious? Is the fruit of my encounter me being confused? Am I waking up from my dream and I'm confused? If you're confused, it's probably not the Holy Spirit because he's not the author of confusion. If he speaks to you in a dream, oftentimes he will give you a translation. We'll go into the weeks later on dream interpretation, but understand that if it's bringing fear, fear, demonic fear over you, it's making you feel compulsive. It's making you feel anxious or angry or bitter or lustful. It's probably a demonic spirit. And then let's ask ourselves the God test. If it's from God, 
Will it, is it sensing or quickening my faith? Is it increasing my the power of God in my life? Is it quickening my peace? Is it bringing forth good fruit? Is it enlightening me to God's word? Is it bringing new knowledge to God, new humility and direction for the ways of God? These are all things. Now, these are not limited. There's a thousand other questions you could ask, but I'm giving you the types of questions I want you to ask when it comes to these things. Is the fruit of the dream or the vision drawing me closer to God and producing more power, more influence, more desire, more knowledge, more hunger, more humility, and more of me wanting to get closer to God. Because if it's drawing me away from God, this is the desire of Satan. Satan wants to draw you away from the things of God, not towards the things of God. And as I said, I want to go into the weeks to come on interpreting dreams, dream language, numbers, objects, common dreams. I also want to talk about different types of spiritual encounters, like the different types of visions, like out-of-body experiences, like being caught up in the spirit, like translating. You guys know, heard about that? Teleporting, it's in the Bible. Um, angelic appearances, hearing God audibly, these different things we find in scripture. So maybe I'll do an entire uh, thing on supernatural experiences according to the Bible because many of us are having experiences or not having experiences because we don't know the word of God. And so we're having these people calling my show all the time, having encounters from demons, thinking they're encounters from the Holy Spirit. As I said, I'm going to make sure that I link all these tests so that you can test each of these things and so that you can know where it's coming from. But what I want to do is I want to pray a prayer of activation. Listen, if you want dreams or visions, I want to challenge you. Have a notepad ready at all times. I have literally thousands of notes in my phone because I'm always taking notes. So I want you to be ready with a notepad. I want you tonight to pray. Say, Lord, I want you to speak to me tonight in dreams. I want you to say something to me. Give me some direction. Give me some confirmation and God will begin to do this now that you're getting this biblical foundation God wants to speak to you so I want to pray for you and I want to believe tonight that the Holy Spirit is going to open up our spiritual eyes this is God's desire is to open up the eyes of your heart open up the eyes of your understanding it's a biblical prayer and we can activate this by faith by prayer and I honestly believe that by next week you guys are going to say, Isaiah, I've been having dreams and visions like never before. It's not some crazy mystical thing. I believe God wants to release this on the body of Christ. The Bible says that all of us can prophesy. And if all of us can prophesy, all of us can walk in the gifts. I believe all of us can dream and have visions. So Father, we ask you right now over every single person that you would open up our spiritual eyes. You would open up our spiritual ears and that you would open up our spiritual understanding. Father, we want to know you in a way that we've never known you. We want to encounter you in a way that we've never encountered you. Father, we want dreams from you. We want visions. Your word says, if we thirst and if we hunger, we'll be filled. And so Lord, we come tonight with no pride, no arrogance saying, God, we hunger. Isaiah Saldivar hungers. He thirsts. He wants to experience and encounter dreams and visions. And God, we're asking an activation over every single person. I speak over you that you will dream, that you will have visions, that God will speak to you in the midnight hour. Father, we're asking, let us rightly discern. Let us test the spirits. Let us know what is right and what is wrong. Let us not follow after strange spirits, angels of lights, but God, let us be aware of what you're doing in the earth. Let us be aware of what you're doing in the body of Christ. Let us be aware of what you're doing in our personal life. We pray the fire of the Holy Ghost 
God, over every person, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would invade every home, that you would consecrate our minds, you would consecrate our imaginations, you would break every demonic spirit that is sneaking into our dreams, that is violating our dreams. I command every demonic spirit that is trying to give you false dreams, false visions, false revelations to be broken in Jesus' name. We say right now, be broken. I command every spirit to be broken. You have no strength, you have no power, you have no authority. The Lord rebukes you, and we speak right now by the power and the anointing of almighty God clarity we speak boldness we speak deliverance over you we speak freedom over you and we say God right now release a wave of deliverance we ask for mass deliverance to break out in Jesus name God do what only you can do in your people Satan you have no power you have no authority we cancel your assignment we cancel your strategy we resist you in Jesus name and we just speak freedom over you in Jesus name God release your power and release your anointing give us eyes to see give us ears to hear release a boldness I really believe right now God is releasing a spiritual boldness over somebody God we ask for boldness in Jesus name we ask for breakthrough in Jesus name I speak breakthrough over your spiritual eyes whatever has clouded your eyes whatever is blocking right now I pray Lord that you would expose the blockage that you would release over us God and enlightenment in our eyes open our eyes lest we sleep the sleep of death in Jesus name have your eyes open right now God release your power Satan your strategies are canceled by the blood of Jesus your plans are canceled by the blood of Jesus and we ask Holy Spirit power and Holy Spirit anointing to be released we magnify you Jesus we honor you we give you all the praise all the glory and in Jesus name we pray amen I'm telling you guys I believe tonight is your night that God is bringing breakthrough thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the revival lifestyle podcast if you like what you heard go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content and please follow me on facebook youtube and instagram at isaiah saldivar see you next week